Amen. Aka is not only playing to the top of his abilities, he's being dirtier wine on top of him, man. Yup, the boy is making us proud. He still has that problem with the, the back, his back is fusioned a little bit, you know. <laughs> he, he's not the quickest guy laterally, but uh, uh, he's excelling, man. You know, how can you not be happy? The Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Sheila Regan, Bridget McDowell, and Pablo Miranda. Produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria and Eric Silva Brenneman. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Yesterday, the girls' varsity team, which is coached by Pablo Campos, um, was playing what is believed to be the worst team in the in their bracket or in their group. Mm-hmm. And then Pablo Campos pulled their goalie. Pulled the goalie. Yeah, the starting keeper. Huh. And guess what happened next? Goleada. SBA loses one nothing to the worst team. Why? And why did the? Oh, interesting. Wow. Was that was that a tactical decision? Or I have no idea. Why would you? And I know the keeper because used to be Isa's friend. Isa's Isa's friend, but she's a really good keeper. And I was like, and it's high school rules. So like, if you sub, a, a, if you sub a, a goalie, you can sub anybody. You can go back in. I yeah. don't know why they. I was like, wait, what? Because I, some of Issa's friends were um, playing. Um, um, they all her all her Blackhawk friends. They would play all over the local schools. So, and private schools. And so like they they talk to each other. So yesterday, we had the um, Como versus Highland. At, um game and so there were a lot of them coming to watch that game and that was one of the things that parents were telling me that <laughs> that public couples pulled the keeper that's the weirdest thing that's to change a, right that's yeah. exactly that's what i was like wait that's such a like that's that's some uh that's too wait, many caipirinhas carioca so yeah. so you're an sba parent i demand for you to dig in and get some answers all right let, let me get the lagos family on the line hold on <laughs> <laughs> I want to play this for everybody since I was able to get it on the, the Patreon. So I'll just record it here and maybe you can start with it. So, and he Pablo's not here anyway. So here it comes. Ready? Here it is. I'll put it up to the mic. Hey, man. Aka is not only playing to the top of his abilities, he's being dirtier wine on top of him, man. Yup. The boy is making us proud. He still has that problem with the, the back. His back is fusioned a little bit, you know. <laughs> he, he's not the quickest guy laterally, but uh, uh, he's excelling, man. You know, how can you not be happy? <laughs> that's, a, that's a dirty <laughs> Uruguayan solidarity, apparently. Uh, wow. <laughs> Yep, yep. Uh, there's a cold open. There it is. All right, let's get rolling here. <laughs> Welcome to another Minnesota football show. Rodrigo Sanchez, Chief Chavaria, Bridget McDowell, Sheila Regan. My name is Eric Silver Brenneman. What is up, familia? Everybody's doing all right? 
on a Saturday morning. Yeah. We're not actually recording on Sunday this time. The weather has been nice. I mean, it's been perfect. Yeah, I think it's it's crazy. This week has been crazy for those who have uh, children and trying to get back to uh, social. What is it? Uh, long distance or distance learning? It's been it's been interesting. My whole like basement that used to be my basement, right? Apparently now is like a calling center. So if anyone wants yeah. to hire us to call in people, like we literally have it all set up perfectly. We have like five desks down here when like we're all in meetings. It literally looks like a, literally sounds like a call center. So like, Hey, such as, such as Chavaria, family is going to be right. uh, doing collections for credit cards. Exactly. We're going to be doing that. That's the extra money we're going to be making. We got to do it. Like, look, look, DNC, you want that Brown vote? Come on. Give us some of that money. We'll put it to good use. If, if you're learning from home, you may as well make a little extra money on the side while you're at it. I mean, <laughs> why not? Uh, that's amazing. Uh, Bridget, yeah, the whole Sheila. basement looks like. I'll show you guys later on, but that's what it looks like. Yeah. It's, it's, I've, I've seen your pictures you posted. <laughs> yeah, on yeah they're, they're pretty good. Uh, I was just checking to Bridget and Sheila. You, you're all doing well, it sounds like. Well as you can. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Doing terrible. Honesty is appreciated. Right on. Yeah, at well, some point we have to stop telling ourselves that everything's fine. <laughs> not. Close. Yeah, I know. Usually, I mean, my. Good. No, I was just going to say, usually I'm excited. I'm, I'm usually look was always like, okay, Halloween is a good thing to happen for the kids and all that stuff. And then now I realized that's not going to happen at all. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. I think I'd be the first Halloween that I've never had to give out candy in all my existence of being an adult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I learned that my papa is not doing well in Brazil, my grandma. And so that's, that's a whole thing. And then we watched, have any of you seen The Farewell with Aquafina? It's spectacular. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. It's a great film. And it basically is this, the, the whole premise is the relationship between the granddaughter and the grandmother, dual cultural, dual national situation. It's flipping back and forth between Chinese and English. And boy, it hit me hard. Like that, that's really when it kind of <laughs> sunk in. <laughs> Just kind of lost it watching this film. But uh, I, I understand that things aren't, aren't great. My, my nephew celebrated his birthday on uh, Thursday in quarantine at the University of uh, UW-Madison. So, yep. Like, yeah, that UW is, is, a, is a special place, isn't it? I, so <laughs> like, I was like, wow. It's like, yep. Would it take him two weeks only? I have a friend who teaches at UW who posted on their social media saying, yeah, two weeks into the whole thing, and now we got to quarantine everybody. I was like, this is great. Yep. Well, it's, yeah. it's not just them, but but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was on, um, I was on campus on Friday, and believe me, my anxiety level was was pretty high up. Seeing people not wearing masks, even though they were walking, not they weren't walking close to each other, but the fact that it was like that, I was like, oh, this is. But it didn't look as bad as Randolph Avenue. I'll tell you that much. Woo! Yeah, we we spoke about that last week, <laughs> or did we? Yeah, maybe we did. I don't. Yeah, remember. I think we did. We did, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's, what is a week? I, I can't even keep up anymore. That's, yeah. That's... Yep. Hold on. I'm going to, I got a cough. You guys talk. 
This is the dead silence we're speaking of. <laughs> Wait, how's Liverpool doing? Are they playing right now? Uh, it starts in like 15 minutes. Oh, yeah? I heard that... Uh, I heard that... Was it William? Had more assists than... <laughs> than uh, the previous uh, person in his position for Arsenal. Uh, I think he had like a couple of assists. So I heard Arsenal won 3 nothing. I didn't get a chance to watch that. But I got yeah, all the texts from was, my friends. Uh, I got a little text from my Arsenal friends saying, you know, this is the year of redemption. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Are you sure? All my Arsenal friends were like, it's a trap. We've been here before. <laughs> That's exactly. I think half of them are like, yes, this is awesome. We got someone that can actually do something. Which, you know, William is, is one of my favorite players, I think. It's very underrated in a sense now. But then there's the other half that are like, we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. Where's yeah. Myra Carey with our gift? There it is. Yeah, e- EPL is back. La Liga is back. So we'll, we'll give you some updates as we move along. But uh, does, does Messi just sit the in. whole season? That'd, that'd be my thing. I'd love to see Messi just sit the whole season. Yeah, doubt it, but I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? We got lots of Minnesota United, though. So let's, let's get into it because we got two matches to cover. They play again tomorrow. Um, let's start here, though. Uh, Sheila, I'll give you this one. We, we've we've talked about Michael Vang on this program before, but a cool article in the uh, Sahan Journal came out that you posted, and I wasn't so much aware of his brother Brian and the entire family. He does a really good job talking about their roots, uh, talking about their father that immigrated uh, from uh, from Laos to uh, to France and his playing time in France, and then eventually coming to settle in in the Twin Cities. Uh, it's just a really cool story. Highly recommend it. I'll. I'll throw it to you. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I just saw this on Sahan Journal because um, I've been doing a little bit of writing for them. I did not write this piece, but uh, I just thought it was like a nice little profile of these uh, players who sounds like um, they're the first Hmong players to play professionally in the United States, which seemed like kind of crazy to me, but I guess it's, that's what they are saying in the article. Yep. And Michael's been tearing it up. We, we mentioned him before on the program. Like he scored a goal on his debut. And I think we haven't been keeping up as well, but he has scored more since then, if I'm not mistaken. So he's, he's making his presence known. That's, I think he's at like two goals and two assists over yep. four, three or four matches. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and, and and his brother Brian is in uh, Michigan something. I can't even remember what, what the team is, like a third division team. But uh, I, I was joking around. We uh, Zeller and I started talking about trying to get him to Minnesota United or get him a look. <laughs> and uh, we, of course, know the history of uh, local talent falling through the fingers, shall we say. So, you know, he played in Portugal in like a second or third division team there. So I'm like, yeah, this guy probably has some basic Portuguese. Let's send him to Brasileiro. Let's get him to Goiás. Let's <laughs> Michael Vang to Goiás. Let's make this happen. He'd be one of those guys who would get the trial at the beginning of the season and then you'd never hear of him again. Yeah, or... right. Yeah, who was the trialist this season for the for Minnesota United? Oh, I forget who it was. It kept getting time, but nobody knew who he was for the longest. Uh... Local kid? No, I don't think. It was no, local. it was um, the guy who then went to Madison. That's right. That's right. And, uh, oh my god! Oh, um, Japanese player. I can't think of yeah. his name. Um, yep. Yep. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. 
Yeah, no. He was great to watch in those and he, yeah. he talent. I mean it's no, this story is, is is a good piece. I you know, I think it, there's some really interesting um viewpoints and I'm just really happy that they get to they get to play and hopefully, you know, it opens up more opportunities, you know. Hopefully we'll be able to get to see one of them play not in a in a much uh prestigious league perhaps than than where they're currently on and that's what the progress is. And that, you know, it, it you know the dad the dad has a very very interesting view of uh minnesota soccer from that age from that timeline i think the early 90s into where the kids were growing up i think that was that was interesting so yeah jiro yeah jiro very good indeed Those indeed indeed Japanese. yes thank you hero 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 all right let's jump in because uh we're, we're after having some bad results last week that you know the roller coaster that is minnesota united we we get a bunch of positive results so let's talk about them um last weekend on sunday minnesota played rsl a very beat up almost b-league rsl team lots of uh, injuries and substitutions and squad rotation which of course we've had to do as well uh but a pretty huge a statement win 4-0 I mean Pablo was the one saying it had to be a win this has to be a must win and it sh- it sure was um DSC St. Clair gets to start in goal Bebelo gets to start in the midfield we have uh we have Tyler Miller guest analyst which apparently is a thing now with Fox Sports North <laughs> I suppose he's, he's got to keep the paycheck moving even if he's not on the field um what all did you guys see in the in the first half? It, there was there was a lot of movement. It ends nil nil. Um, I guess we, the first thing maybe we should talk about is the twelfth minute with um, I can't remember who puts the shot up, but uh, it's that shot that it's the controversial shot that everybody on Twitter, especially RSL crew, were nonstop talking about. Where it looks like the ball maybe crosses the line. We don't have goal line technology. DSC does does his Oscar worthy performance to kind of grab it and pull it back, but depending on the angle it does look like maybe it crossed maybe it didn't oh bridget did it go in or not well conveniently we didn't even have a camera that was remotely close to a straight on angle for that goal uh it it was definitely more over the line than it was not over the line um but i think it was it was from the angles that i saw it was still off by half an inch or so, which is enough to consider it not a goal. Um, they, they got lucky because if, if the officials had been standing in a slightly different spot, that would have been called the goal. Yeah, I think it was going, go ahead. I think it was Giuseppe Rossi, right, who shot that yes. ball. Yes. Thank you. And that was, uh, that was outside the box. And I think, I mean, here's the, here's the thing, right? Tyler Miller's injured. Uh, Greg has uh, has had some opportunities, and 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 I think DSC of anything like we need to find out if if there's something that we want to keep on investing for the rest of this next next three or three years or so. So I think the more reps he gets, um, the better. Um, I also think you know um, he he needs to grow a little more uh, in the sense of like experience. He's he still lacks sometimes. Uh, the decision of what he wants to make quickly, um, specifically in the box. I think that's some of the jitters that you'll see. Sometimes he doesn't decide quick enough when he needs to go out and get the ball or, or do that. Um, and I think that'll come with more time. I mean, I think yeah, 
I think that's that's what I'm looking forward to, and I'm happy that he's getting some playing time. Um, oh, yeah. And and then we'll see we'll see what happens though. But this 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 game was like the first half was like a mess, <laughs> in my opinion. I thought like it should. I mean, RSL literally should be up at least two or three nothing. Um, yep. I think we were we were confused on a lot of aspect of what to do with each other, and of course, this is the first time, um, you know, that we have a lot of people playing together. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be nice about this, but like Gregish has been having a horrible last three or four games. He's been not understanding what he's been trying to do in a sense, and which is which is unlike him, right? Like we're used to him not losing the ball at all, like good. But he's lost the ball so many times in our defensive third and creating opportunities. So I don't. So um, I think mostly, I think it has to do with a lot with the transition. I think um, Reynoso bringing it in this lineup also brings up a lot of what are people's roles going to be from now on, right? When you have a specifically a playmaker. Like Reynoso, who who and and, you, and and then you'll see in games and you, and you'll see him film, where with physically with his hands he's demanding the ball like he wants the ball, right? Yep. Um, and having someone who demands the ball to that extent and what is the role for our eight? Are we going to be playing with two eights? Um, are we going to? Uh, what are we doing with 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 Molino in a sense? I think this helps Molino in a sense because then Molino doesn't have the pressure of creating; he just has to be free flowing like the river and just be where he that's needs. that's a footnote for the next match but yes yeah, you're right yeah but i think i think that that's what creates this creates it and the, and the good thing is we saw robin lude on on the right and so but there was a lot of miscommunication there was a lot of uh chaotic things in the first half and um you know I well think let's one mention of this thing. go ahead i was I was going to say it's directly related to everything you're talking about because we lose Ozzy in the 16th minute pretty early. And I think that goes to what you're talking about, especially with Grey Goose uh, having a difficult time figuring out what he's doing because once Ozzy's out, he goes down. Um, we find, I think it's a, is it hamstring? I can't remember yeah. what he ends up. Yeah, I think yeah. it was a hammy. But I mean, that just adds on to the question, right? Like Dotson goes in for, for Ozzy and like everyone wants him to be a six. And between him and Craig, they need to figure out who's really going to stay and who's really going to go up. And I think sure. that's one of the things that, like, you want to what they want need to figure out. And it always seems to be that Dotson is the one that goes up and Gregorich stays down. And I'm, I'm for Gregorich being more physical and being more of a presence, but um, but he's he he doesn't have the speed to recover like Dotson has. And if he gets beat one on one, someone just passed the ball over him, and it's it's quite wide open, open space for that. And that's one of the things that worries me. Um, yeah. so like I, like, even though I understand Dotson has the offensive capability to push up, I think in these situations, there needs to be a, a conversation into which of these two stays and which of two goes. And if they want to switch that back and forth between the games, that's fine. But I think that needs to be set. Yeah. And I think it's, it's been a problem because that's what worked for them when they brought Dotson in last season. Of course, last season you had Ike behind them, and it didn't really matter what either of them did because Ike and Boxy were there to kind of clean clean it up. Um, yep. And the back line doesn't have that same communication anymore without Ike. So it, I mean, that style worked for them where they would alternate, go back and forth quite a bit, um, and they have to completely change how they 
do that play at this point without that same solid backline. Yeah, the one thing I was going to add, um, I don't know if you all noticed, but after once Ozzy comes out, and this is just on everything you're already discussing right now, um, Everton Luis, Brasileiro Ali, the, the Brazilian midfielder for them, looked really good and was causing both uh, both Gregush and uh, even Dotson a little bit. He was causing some issues in that midfield. He really kind of, at least in this first half, the <laughs> second half is a whole other game. <laughs> but he looked good in that first half causing trouble. Um, let's just jump there. I, I, we got lots of another whole, whole other match here. So let's just jump to, so nil-nil second half. Like Rodrigo said, it, they could have easily been up at least one, maybe two goals. Um, as tradition, within the first two minutes of the second half, they almost concede again. <laughs> Minnesota United. Uh, early turnover that, that uh, could have been a PK. I mean, what is it about, like, between, like, the kickoff and, like, the 47th minute? It's just, like, always panic mode. <laughs> yep. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. I think they um, do it just to uh, make you anxious, Eric. Honestly, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's frustrating. Um, Bebelo, I love this moment where he he has a great slide tackle. Uh, he gets all ball. I, I think he ends up losing the possession, but just to show that hunger that that Rodrigo was kind of referring to, like either he he's calling for it or he's just going after it. It was just cool to see him go go for that tackle. Um, and then in the 53rd minute, uh, of course, the, the one that always scores, Gasper, Chase Gasper, <laughs> first goal ever for, for Minnesota United. Um, lovely setup. I don't know who wants to talk about it. But it, was, it was nice, quick passes back and forth. Got the inverted kick from Gregus, the flick, the Bebelo, who holds, uh, sees Molino running through, passes it off one time. Molino puts it in. Boom. What do you all think about that goal? It's pretty awesome. I thought it was kind of funny that that was almost the exact same shot that he sent way too high and far right uh, the match before. <laughs> it was almost carbon copy of that play. And yeah. so there was that, that second where, and I think that's probably why he was so shocked and excited that it went in because it, it was that same exact play. He just looks up, sees the, sees the lane and takes it. And yeah. of course it went in and it was a beautiful goal. And that could have been all these times before that he's made those shots. Um, it was one of those where his, where his rear feet are actually both of his feet almost come off the ground. Like he was channeling some Roberto Carlos, like <laughs> Brazil 2002. <laughs> It was pretty awesome. I think one of the funniest things is like, just like, just like Bridget, I was like, he's going to sky it. Cause like literally he's done this before. I was like, is he going to sky it? Oh, not again. And then he, and then he got that in and I was like, holy cow, Pedro scored. He scored. Pedro. And, and here's a, here's, here's a, the interesting thing, right? Like I sent out a tweet, like in the beginning of the first half and I go, I said, Minnesota United, it's real simple. Pass Reynoso the ball. Making command attention, making command the attention, and then he's able to to create space. And I think one of the things on that throwing was that everybody was sucked into the right side, and I think Reynoso had at least pulling a couple of people. So when that ball came in, it was flicked, and Reynoso saw there's an opening, and he tried to get rid of quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then Molino got the ball, and then Molino with the outside of his foot laid it in front of it. 
because there was like literally quarter of the field wide open. Tons of space, right? yes. Tons of space. And credit to Chase for being recognizing that there was space and also recognizing continuing making that run. Because he doesn't continue making that run, you know, it doesn't happen, right? Someone else yeah. gets that ball or or Chase gets the ball and then skies it again, right? I mean, um but here's the thing. Like we 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 said on numerous occasions that well, if if this team plays the ball quickly and forward in combination passes, specifically in front of the 18, we, we cause chaos. And chaos is good for us, right? And here's another demonstration where that actually is in play. Are you and I think FIFA, Rodrigo? <laughs> uh, I, just, I just think, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like I feel like, you know, deja vu, right? In the sense, like, we keep on repeating ourselves in a sense that's, you know, that's what we see, right? I mean, like, I don't know what goes on through the coaching's mind during the game or whatnot, but but it's um but I, I, it, specifically now like we we're looking for those combination passes now specifically with someone who knows where to where to put the ball and what to do with the ball right yeah. everyone's job now should be easier that's what i'm thinking and i'm hopefully in the next couple of games they get to understand that more but i mean quick play in front of the goal get us our first goal a good, good goal for chase i mean what more can you not want when you cheer when your left back scores so directly related to that, what you just said there, my next thing is Kyle Beckerman is getting destroyed by Bebelo. <laughs> he owned him. <laughs> I love that. So, Out of anything, you guys remember, you know, you guys know why I hate Kyle Beckerman, right? Sounds familiar. Please remind us and the listeners. So when we were in TCF, right, and they interviewed him after our NSL game, he, recalled, he, he pointed out that we were, um, what is it, MLS 1.0. That's what we were oh. doing. That. <laughs> that was the MLS 1.0 comment. And every time I see Kyle Beckerman, I just want someone to hit him. And nice. Bebelo, like, literally just, you know, was giving him the business. And I loved every minute of that. Like, you know, he's, he's, Bebelo's not like, one a of them, giant guy either. So that's the fun part. Yeah. Too. I wish one of them had been mic'd up because you could see this. <laughs> There was a bit of banter going back and forth, and that that grin from Babelo almost every time, like, yeah, you'll maybe you'll get it next time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, on that note, let's go to sixty second minute with Babelo once again, the the man of the hour. Uh, perfect pass as he's falling, kind of like a fadeaway thing. Hits Robin Lude in stride, puts him one v one. Boom. All bow down, all hail Lud. There it is. Two nil. Anyone on the second goal? It was pretty dope. I think it was really interesting. Like I think now they've had a half where they were trying to figure out where everyone kind of needs to play. And I think, and and we said Lud is 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 a he's a good player. We we said that that he is right. Um, that, but we know that he has not been being played in the in, in in the best position he's available to, right? For and I think one year. of the things too that's pointed out uh, is that he understands where he needs to be on the field, and he went to where there was space, and Bebelo recognized that immediately and just played it into space, right into his path. He's not the fastest, right? He's not the fastest, but he understands what he needs to do, and he's got good footwork. So that was that was a that was a good recognition of space and a good recognition by by Bebelo and also a, a good recognition on on on, on Lude. and here's my thing about Lude. like and when someone tells me and I'm like because I've been watching a lot of girls soccer 
in high school is like I, I understand is like if you're if if he's he's left footed on the right wing, so you more than likely you're you're like you're you're more likely to go inward towards the goal, right? Which then that creates a pocket space for an overlap run. Why do you say that, Rodrigo? Because with your when I when I when your your first in, intention when you get the ball right on your favorite foot is to go the way that your favorite foot is positioned to it. So like usually my left, my, I'm, if I was left footed, then I want to kind of go more in. If I'm standing on the right side of the field, then I kind of want to go, go away from the line. So I'm going inward. When you go inward, then you're dribbling at a defense. The defense has to, has to come up with some sort of idea. Do I defend? Do I, do I follow? And then you create a whole right wing or space for someone to run. And if you want to lay off the, lay off the ball to them to them to cross it or you keep it yourself it just creates space and then it keeps it keeps the defender more honest in the aspect of what they're going to do and i think the collaboration between lude and um and metanier is only going to get better in that sense once they recognize that um mm -hmm. and i think that's going to be something that might be more useful and in, in towards going future but i like the fact that i like when players instead of going vertical, right, just going down the flank, right, you know, try to go inward in a sense, just like Dotson is, is known to do, because then that um, changes the shape but also makes the defense have to deal with chaos. I, I think That's the thing that excites me most with Fabelo is being able to read that so early on. Um, and even when he subbed in and what was it, like the 76, fifth minute or something when he when he debuted and he had had that whole 75 minutes to to watch how everyone was playing so when he came in he knew where each guy was going to be he knew where to find Luke he knew where to find um it was Amaria still in that match I think um and then we see that right away with like from the whistle with this match um he knows where to find those spaces and he knows who's going to be in those spaces. And he was able to create that right away. Um, and even though that first half was a mess, I, they, they couldn't get through midfield. So he didn't really have much of a chance to create anything. Um, we see that definitely in the second half. And then again, in the next match. Yeah. Let's hit these last two because everything's related to what you are talking about. So uh, we have a substitution. Hayes come in, comes in. There's a formation change. I actually texted Bridget at this point because I was like, do we have a forward? <laughs> Who's playing forward right now? Because <laughs> Bevola goes out. Yep. Edward, Edward comes in. Uh, Edwards comes in with Hayes. And it's just like, we're, we're running like a 4-6-0? <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought Bebelo pushed up to be played up top for a I while. I mean, there, there was a little swapping yeah. happening with him and uh, and Edwards, but uh, and and know. there was also the swap with uh, Lude and Edwards. Right. They were right. playing back and forth too, and so yeah, Bebelo got got in on that right away. Um, yeah, it it reminded me very much of just like the traditional, like not traditional, but the stereotypical Brazilian formation where it's just like. <laughs> Amoeba. Gets forward, just, go for that's right. Just yeah, it's like go, when you're mixing fun. the dominoes before you play a game, that's <laughs> yeah. information. It's like, I mean, yeah. most of the goals have come from the midfielders anyway. So why bother putting a forward on the pitch? <laughs> if you've got a bunch of midfielders who can go that route anyway. 
<laughs> in no. way, sing a roster spot. <laughs> and in this and in this case, it's kind of genius because it works. Seventy fifth minute. Yeah. This is one of the prettiest goals we've seen. I mean, this was spectacular. Yeah. With uh, yeah. Hayes scores the goal, but it's the it's the quick passes in like three seconds that makes it happen. Where Molino does this ridiculous no look behind i'm sure he did look but it looked like a no look for for narrative yeah. sake it was a no look he was looking completely the opposite direction not his eyes were closed he put on a blindfold behind the back um edwards picks it up and it almost looks like he's gonna he's not gonna make it like he's gonna lose the ball out of bounds but just as it's going out of bounds he's able to get a quick little cross in and hayes keeps that run going and just bloop, and one edwards times it Smoked. Oh, he gets hit. Yeah. Yeah, he gets hit. That's where he went. He went like flying into the side netting as the ball went in. Ah. Lucky ouch. it was the side netting and not the. Uh, oh, that. And yeah. not the that billboard stuff bad. like click when uh when uh oh geez who was it in the MLS tournament it was uh Finley uh, Finley, Finley went, went into in. the yeah. yeah so that That's that right. was lucky but but here's the thing again quick play. We've been super asking quick. that super quick play, and I think at that point uh, RSL's defense was done. They were like, "Yeah, we're not like." There was so much time and space for someone to come back, because I think that it felt like Molino held the ball for like five seconds, and had a stare down contest with the goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, but he, here's one thing I'm really I'm really want to see more is like I think the most underrated player on our bench besides Jacoban is Jacory Hayes. Hmm. I think every time he's come in. Like granted, when he was subbed in at that was it that Houston or Houston game, we were getting yeah, it was like it was yeah. there was nothing you can really do, but when you're moving forward, that guy has been able to. I think in like four or five appearances, he's got two goals. So yeah, I mean, he does. He's he's underappreciated, and he and he and his work rate is good. I think I like I like that. Um, uh, maybe we need to find someone that can play the six at one point. So hopefully we'll be able to do that, specifically since Musa doesn't seem to be the person for that job at the moment, and um, and we have seem to have a bunch of eights. So I I don't know how that go, but that that was a great play. That was that was tiki taka team play. Team goals like that are awesome, fun to watch. Uh, but what was also fun to watch was the, the second goal from Dude. That was also <laughs> a beauty. Take it. That's that's the next thing I got. You want to talk about it? Well, no, I just from what I remember is um, who crossed in the ball? Is it Molino? No, it was uh, Dotson. Dotson. He was fighting the but ball. It was bo- well, it was both of them. Molino to Dotson. Molino to Dotson outside the box. And I think Dotson was challenged. So then he pushed the ball. And as he's falling, he kicks it again right into Lude's path. And as a left footer, with his left foot, he's already totally positioned himself perfectly to be yep. able to strike the ball. So when the ball comes to him, he understands that the goalkeeper is coming out, and there's a, and he mm-hmm. just curves it with his left foot right around. It was that, was, that was a beautiful far post. Guy. Yeah, far post. Yeah, was, and like if you if if you would have had a right footer on that side, he would have had to either take in an extra touch to try to figure something else of a different angle. But since he was left footer player on the right wing, the ball just falls right into his path where you can just send it right back, and it's just physics and inertia, right? And you know, <laughs> boom, you got your yeah. fourth goal. Fourth goal. Huge win. 4-0. Again, beat up team, but we needed this <laughs> so badly. <laughs> so, yeah, fun match. Um, I don't want to spend too much time addressing this, but we got we got some 
aggressive responses from uh, both Adrian Heath and the PR team about Robin Lud. Uh, Heath says, I'm pleased for Robin Lud because I want to put it out there that he's one of our players, by the way, not the opposition listening to some of the things that people write about him. All right. In, in a sense, we're a little guilty. I'll raise my hand. Pablo, I'm raising Pablo's hand for him. Yes. But really all we've been saying is he's, he's been playing out of position, like Rodrigo mentioned, for uh-huh. a year. You know, and it's it's well, finally why he's, he's he where so should be. sensitive to what people say. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, like, wait. Just do your fucking job. Because oh, that, wait, there's it feeds his underdog his underdog game plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as if that weren't bad enough, then Mr. Jerky has to chime in and do the whole Robin Lude doesn't care about your tweets thing. It's this is an ongoing thing that is just this trying to cause issues and tension with the supporters. And I, I mean, I don't want to belabor bait. it. Dave talks about it all the time, but it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's they, they were baiting. I mean, like, here's, here's the thing that we've been like, I think everyone sees like, like your job as a coach is to be able to understand your player and their qualities and then be able to put them in a position where they can be successful. Like I, I myself as a coach don't want to put my, my players in a position where they're going to fail. Right. Cause failure, Right. And, and it happens, you know, I let them fail sometimes at what they, when they put in the right positions or not, or what I feel is right. But the thing is you ha- you are responsible for putting them in a position where they you could, they could take advantage of their skill. Like 80% of the time that this man has started, Luda started, he has not, uh, he, I mean, 80% of this is on, on Heath, like 20% is performance. I get that. That's on Lude. And, and, but, but 80% is where you, uh, on Heath is where you put them. Why have you been putting them on the left? when he's more comfortable playing on a right or central, right? And starting, you know, after the MLS tournament, and it seems that that's something that they're trying to experiment with when there's something that's been pretty, you know, I mean, the data is there. It, it's worked for him, right? I don't, I, I don't understand that, right? And like, I get people don't like Lude for certain things. Lude is not the greatest player, but he's skilled, right? And I think... It's the price tag. I think for a lot of us, he's, he's a he's a... DP at a million dollars, and it's like, yeah, no, I, ahead, I totally get that. It's just, and I understand that too. It's just, I don't you know, but, but it's, it's Heath's responsibility to play him in a, in a place where he's successful. And if For he sure. doesn't do For that, sure. then he creates, he creates that criticism himself. Uh, because I'm pretty sure, I don't even know if Lude has a Twitter, and I don't even know if he, he does. I, he does. I, I don't, don't even know. Yeah, I don't think he uses it that much. Though. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I've I've never heard him say it, give no, an interview at all. Who cares about these players' feelings? Like, well, there's yeah. Like really? Well, so the thing that I found kind of ironic and kind of funny at times is this club's willingness to put a winger on the wrong side. I mean, Manny did it with Miguel. And, of course, he took no blame for that. That was all Miguel's fault, that he couldn't perform on the wrong side. Uh, and this time around, we have Lude on the wrong side, and it's the fans' fault that anyone has found fault with Lude's performance on the wrong side. So the main difference between the two is that Lude costs significantly more money than Miguel. <laughs> like five so, Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to keep defending him, uh, even though the club has a tendency to throw other players under the bus for things that are not their fault, um, that are entirely due to management tactics. Um, 
but they spent the money on them and they're gonna back them in whatever way they can think of and at any time that they can think of. Um, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. That's awesome. Well I'm, I'm looking forward to, to the PR team and, and, and the coach of defending Chacon every time he doesn't get a chance to play. <laughs> yeah, keep dreaming. But it's funny you, you bring that up because I, I think about this in like a Conmebol context. I mean, if you had a, a coach and an, a front office that was like actively baiting and, and going after supporters, I mean, you'd wake up to a house completely burned down. Like you would be molotov <laughs> It's like, that's, that's Brazilian football culture. It's like, you're going to pay with something, you know, it, it's going to get violent. So just, just to show like the difference between here and there. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, like if this was a, a Comebol team, right? Like if it was, you know, you know, first of all, you know, Minnesota United has, is one step ahead of them because they actually pay their players on time. That's one thing. <laughs> right. Can't uh, deny that. And then, then the other thing helps. too. Yeah. And the other thing too is just that you know it's like it's like you create you create it's like the coaching creates the atmosphere and like if you can't respond to fans in a proper way then i get it right like you have your own opinion and all that stuff but it just gets old and it just i just don't like talking about it because like i rather i rather loot i'm pretty sure is like you know what just let me play and that's literally all i want to say is sure. i want to see them play that's it well and, and we're gonna get to see more of it because we, we come to find that Ethan Finley has a meniscus injury, so he's out for a while. Maria is still injured. So he's, it's his position to lose now on the right. So great, you know. I'm okay with that. It's just like it sucks that it's taken a yeah. year and all this frustration. I, I feel bad for Finley because he's coming back for oh, ACL. Oh, for sure. And now this. And, and, and he was just tearing it up in the tournament. Yep. And that, yeah, I think was. that's what it was when like he overexerted himself in the tournament. Then he had that deep gash in the tournament. I mean, like this, this kid, this kid bled the Jersey and like, yeah. and with that injury, if he has a meniscus, more than likely they don't like to do surgeries in that type of sense. They like to do PT, but if it is surgery, you know, it's the, the I mean, it, player. It sounds like on Wednesday, they actually scoped them. It sounded like they were just going to do an MRI to find out what was going on, but they said that he had had a scope, so I'm guessing they kind of cleaned it up a little bit. So now it'll be, I think they were saying five or six weeks. Yeah. So he'll be pounding the PT now. But Yeah, it'll be PT, and then, like, honestly, you know, and the, and the value of a player after all those injuries kind of, like, it isn't the same. So I don't know if they're going to keep him, which I love to have Finley. You know, I think that yeah. the vertical thing you need at one point, um, you know, is it, valuable. But I honestly don't know. Like, with so many midfielders in here, and specifically if Lude starts stepping into uh, a different type of role, then it, you know, it makes it easier for you not to not to sign someone. So, which, which makes me sad, which I hope it doesn't happen. But we've seen it with Miguel. We've seen it with a lot of different yeah. other players that we like. So, cool. Well, let's uh, let me look at the rest of the slate here, and we'll take a break. So, uh, DC, NYC tie nil nil. Red Bulls, Philly, Philly wins that one three nil. New England two one over Chicago. Columbus three nil over Cincinnati. Nashville and Inter Inter Miami. That's right, nil nil tie. We just talked about Minnesota. Portland beats Seattle two to one. Galaxy three nil over LAFC. Um, LAFC having a bit of a rough go, and, and and it gets a little worse for them. And Galaxy, like we've talked about, have kind of figure figure the things out here um the other big takeaway from this is 
Sebastian Blanco uh, tears his ACL, if I'm not mistaken. He is out for the season. I mean, that's that's a nasty one for the Timbers. That's that's losing your uh, your motor. Yep, that's unfortunate for the Timbers. But yeah. I mean, that's the game. I I just wanted to comment on LA LA, LA Galaxy. It's nice sure. seeing the Galaxy finally play as a team. Yeah. After years of being on this Latan's reign, where like everyone's <laughs> like, give him the ball and then get away, right? It's nice to finally getting the good Dos Santos back, and and seeing how the, how well that team can play as a team. And Pavon's tearing it up, like whatever the I think was it a ten million ten million dollars for that for 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 his clause or his contract or whatever that is. Like that, yeah. Ele, Ele, Ele Galaxy better either pay that down or whatever now, but. You can't let a player like that escape. I mean, he's been great. Yeah, true. Um, I'll mention one more thing. And, and the USL, we had some weird situation. I can't remember what team it was. You guys see this where the keeper boots the ball out of bounds and it banks off the uh, <laughs> banks off the ads and he like picks it up and runs it back like like he's gonna keep playing and gets a yellow for it <laughs> like he's gonna try and get away with it. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I appreciate trying to sell it like oh, this is just normal. Right. I, I, I love yourself for those kind of moments. It's just one of those things. He just he plays it against the billboard. Billboard brings it back to him. He runs with it. And halfway through, he drops it and gets the yellow. And he's like, what? I didn't do anything. <laughs> what? What? This, this is indoor, right? This is, this is futsal rules. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break, folks, and we'll come back. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be to me because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. All right, welcome back. Let's see. Let's jump to MLS Next Youth Development. Um, I guess, Rodrigo, I'll throw this to you. Anything in here that you want to talk about? Um, I don't know. They got, they have a cool like 1996 logo. <laughs> it looks like something from back then with the big X. Um, no comment. No comment. Yeah, I mean until until like literally like until the le- until the academies are allowed to practice and schedule stuff like you can't really see anything as to it. Like, you know. I don't even know what they're doing. I don't know. There's no no news is like I don't want to say good news, but like like the fact that like throughout the whole tournament, like who was it? Uh, who was it? Audi or Volvo? Or one of the car companies was like, "We're investing in MLS academies," and we're like, "Well, there aren't any right now." So <laughs> where's yeah, that right. money going to? Yeah, yeah. Audi where's was the, giving like a thousand dollars per goal. Yeah, a thousand dollars per goal. I was like, "Oh, great. Where's that money really going to?" <laughs> Maybe hmm. someone will have a full-time person, Hope, not just a part-time hopefully person. Hopefully there was a trust somewhere set up for that, but nice. I doubt it. All right, let's jump to Wednesday. We had another Minnesota United match against Dallas this time. Uh, and a wild one, uh, 3-2. They get the win, but very, very tense end. Uh, starting from the top, though, again, as mentioned, Amaria, Finley, Ozzy, everybody's out. FC Dallas also it was kind of beat up, and they have lost some starters as well. Uh, 
First thing to talk about in this match, Luchi Gonzalez, always the most beautiful human being on the pitch. This time sporting very much kind of channeling some Pep Guardiola situation with a with a heavy knitted sweater. Um, I mean, supermodel? Yes? The only answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> he looks amazing, always. $19 at Target, by the way. There you is go. There is... That looked like a Target cardigan type of thing that he it, was wearing. Like... When, when Wes started posting pictures of it, I realized that I saw one very similar at Target that morning, and someone went online, and sure enough, there it was. Oh my God. Yeah, apparently there was a very a very heavy discussion with Wes and everybody at the Blackheart when this was going on until Look, they finally actually found I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna and, like, and on the Dark Clouds uh, live stream. Yeah. So there's now like a, a fluffy sweater um, supporters group. Yeah, that's kind beautiful. Kind of gonna, like the, uh, the big, big ultras. Here's, here's the thing though. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say this because Wes keeps on trying to take, take my thunder away. Um, at one point, we picked who step that was on the MLS uh, coaches. I picked Luchi Gonzalez because of Peruvian heritage, and 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 Wes keeps on keeps on claiming that that's his stepdad. And I, I'm for real, like this. Back off, okay? That's my stepdad. Leave my stepdad alone. All right. I'm staying out of it. It's my stepdad. Leave him alone. I appreciated the some some of the photos came up from his Minnesota Thunder days, uh, and I, I remember I remember watching him play in fact in some of those matches so it was kind of cool to uh to see the the history that we all know like come up i forgot how long his hair was though i mean yeah he, he had the true. long box but i mean like okay let's where i'm pointing to him like the whole outfit was was great and the fact that he's got like gray hair and gray beard all cut short i mean looks you know my stepdad looks good what, what, what do you want you know? me to say <laughs> it's 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 a battle with with he put him and Guardiola together and my goodness you're gonna sell a lot of men's clothing <laughs> tell you that much. Um, let's jump in. So let's see here. This one happens. This one gets rolling pretty quickly, right? This is one of the first times in a while where Minnesota United just like fifth gear. We're just gonna attack and they just go and go and go. Um, and I can't remember one of one of you mentioned last time that you really want to see Mason Foy get back in and do something. Well, he gets his start and he gets his goal like 11 minutes pretty early uh terrible back pass by, uh, by one of the dallas defenders lud our boy we love our lud he he picks it up and he sees toy make a run gets it to him and it ends up being like uh i can't remember if there's anybody else signed. i think it was a 1v1 but he just takes one touch yeah. and boom lefty and he megs it's the Meg on the keeper. Meg them. Yep. Yeah, that was a fun part. That was the best part. <laughs> I, I think too is that uh, what's what's the defender from Dallas? It starts with an H. Um, um I, I don't want to say Heathcliff, but it sounds something like that. <laughs> I forget what it is, but someone will look Collins it up. Head? Yeah, something, something step like head. That. Yeah. But anyways, he's he's he tries to clear the ball and he totally clears the ball right into Lude. <laughs> And Ludes, and, and then at that point, we've talked about how Toy is good at trying to make runs. He just needs to, someone to lay the pass in his lay the ball in his path, and that ended up happening perfectly. He had one defender to beat, which we had like at least a step or two in front of him, and he used his left foot to to uh, to score and make the goalie. Great goal! Great goal! I think I, I think. Um, it, I don't want to say it proves my 
proves our point, but I think it's, it's like play the play play toy, right? If when you can, I think if you give him the space to be able to make runs and get the ball to him where he needs to be, he's extremely effective. He likes to be oh, able. He's to- like the only person on the entire team that's not injured. That too. Yet, yeah, yet. Let's not jinx him, We're, right? I like everybody's channeling their uh, uh... Charlie Davies on extra time. He's been screaming, "Play toy." Go, poor Bridget. kid hasn't. Poor kid hasn't seen ninety full minutes in well Long since time. college. So yeah, <laughs> and and multiple games in like consecutive matches, ninety minutes. So um, it it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and how they use him and at the same time conserve him a little bit because it's it's going to be a long long stretch with just him on that bench. For real, for real. Um, we got some more quick attacks like we've already mentioned to. Uh, there was a box all Gasper toy, one touch. It ended up not scoring, but just to see that movement and that speed again, I, I really appreciated that. Uh, Minnesota United, I know you're listening, so we're just going to say this is, this is the Lud Love Fest. This episode, we are, we are hugging, we're embracing, soft kisses. Play because him again, wherever you think he should be. Oh, just he, let he him saves go. that ball. <laughs> Body, bodies the guy in the corner and like back megs him. It was amazing, <laughs> beautiful. Come on, lots of lots of lewd love. I'm gonna. I'm, oh, look at this. I, I should take a picture. When you guys take a picture, I'm wearing my Apocalyptica okay. finish cello metal shirt just for Robin Lud. See, there it is. Got it. <laughs> Boom. It's all lewd love in this episode. That was awesome, though. I I saw it live, and I'm like, did he just like backheel Meg? And, and I had to like pause it and, and reverse it just to double check. I'm like, holy yeah, shit, he did. He just did that. <laughs> I, I, I think here's here's the thing. I think a lot of uh, throughout the first half, there was a lot of combination passes, and there was a lot of triangles, triangle passing situations. And it was like it wasn't like Gregorich gets the ball right, and then he waits two seconds and then passes the ball. It was all first-time touch most of the time. And sometimes the balls were played into space. And I think the, the quicker we move the ball, you know, the, 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 the more chaos we cause, right? And, like, I don't like to repeat myself that much, but we saw that in this game, mostly that first half, was, like, we were controlling that game like there's no tomorrow. Like, you know, there was nothing, nothing else. It, it, it felt that at one point that like Dallas wasn't even pressuring us at all. Like we had all the freedom to be able to do what we wanted to. And that credit is that that's to the control of our midfield. Right. Yep. And I think mm-hmm. Gregor's had a much better game. I think he had a shot within like the first 20 minutes. And it was he like did. Best. I put it, it was shortly after that lewd Meg thing. He blasted. Yeah. It. So he, so, so like, and I know he, in the last game, he had two shots. So he's, he's increasing his, sh- his shooting. And I think he needs to do that. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was much more, I think people had more understanding of where the people needed to be and understanding that if you get yourself into space, we have a player that can get you the ball if needed to. And I think Reynoso's commanding of the ball, and you still see it in his, in his uh, animated um, hand gestures that he wants the ball all the time. And that's fine. I mean, like, you know, like at one point, the Minnesota Vikings under Mike Tice had this one theory, you know, it was called the Moss, Randy Moss ratio. I don't know if anyone remembers that, ever heard of that. Yeah. I think, I think we need to have a Reynoso ratio. We're like, in this time, it actually does work, <laughs> right? Because if you, if, you, if you let Reynoso touch the ball more, uh, he's going to command more, more attention. He's going to open up spaces. And, we, if, and he could, we, we've seen how, how he reads the game and how he reads spaces. 
that is a perfect segue to goal number two, Rodrigo, uh, because it's, it's Bebelo watching basically what's happening with Mason Toy. Now that he's scored the goal, everybody, all the defenders are paying attention. And so he runs in and pulls, I think, at least two defenders. And so Bebelo stops, right? And Lud is able to pass the ball to him. He knows Metnir is overlapping, coming around. So he holds, just waits, 1-1,000. One, one Passes it to Metnair coming through. Molino continues his run. Bam. One time. There's your second goal. Kevin Molino. Pretty awesome. I loved watching. Just just watching the shape and the geometry of it all was quality. I, I wish someone turned that into, uh, was it a GIF or a GIF? Because that's something I, I just love to love to have on my arsenal. But, like, overall, like, we've, you know, it's one of these things that, it, it was great team play, and it's all quick passes, yeah. right? And and we saw. I think this game showed better how how both Lude and Metanier are, are working, are beginning to work together, in a different way that Finley and Metanier were. And I'll I'll beg to argue that I think I like this better, um, because uh, Finley is so much vertical, so that he's taking up, he's taking up room that technically kind of belongs to Metanier, right? And so Metanier is forced more either to stay back or to try to make an inward run, which is something that we don't really want your right back making that 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 run as often as you want to. But with Lude being left-footed and his inclination is to go inward to the goal, he opens up the space, and we saw it there. Like, he opened up the space, yeah. Metanier, Bebelo stopped literally, like, outside the 18-yard the box to be able to smart smartfully you know drag a defense and create space and molino molino makes that run metanier sees that opportunity of that space and then there you go beautiful it was awesome tiki taka goal that that you know we hope to see more of and i think that's yeah that's one of the wonderful things with reynoso is his ability to understand where, where things are and working uh yep. and, and and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch once this you know you get a full season under this and figure it out if this midfield has had that potential this whole time, but didn't have that guy who could make things click together up there. Um, no matter who played the 10, there was always this huge gap in that transition. And now suddenly it's like, oh, we, we can use this space. There's something opening up right here. If he goes over here, I can take this. They're suddenly right. seeing all these things that I mean, we, we can see when we're watching it and we're wondering why they're not taking advantage of it. Um, but it's finally opening up for them. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. 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 It's he's Bebelo's this guy. I mean, he is going to score, but he's going to have so many, he's going to have some assists, but he's going to have having more like second and third assists. Right. Cause he's seeing the space. He's creating the pass to the pass, to the pass, to the goal or whatever it is. Right. So he, he may not get on the actual statistical charts, but, it's all his work you, from, from some point. <laughs> if you even look at the, the box score, he didn't have a goal, but he had something in almost every column of the box score. Exactly. And everyone else, you'll get like maybe one or two of those columns checked. And he has yep. fouls suffered. He has fouls conceded. He has assists. He has, if they covered, you know, the second or third assist on there, he would have had quite a few of those. Um, yep just on Wednesday alone, so. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm just going to jump through. I thought it was funny. There, there was a moment where um, 
Reynolds, who's been getting time now for um, help me out, who's the the kid that went to uh, Portugal. Um, I think his name. Reggie Cannon. Thank you. So he's taking yeah. Cannon's spot. And so there there was a moment where you had Reynoso and Reynolds right next to each other, and I was kind of double taking, like, wait, what? What's <laughs> happening? Because they're pretty close. <laughs> um. They got lucky in the 37th minute. I caught this moment. I mean, if you guys remember this, where two or three uh, attackers, Dallas attackers, get in there. And it's just, speaking of chaos, it was mass chaos. The ball was getting missed. It was getting flicked. DSC came out. There was an open goal situation. And somehow the ball squirts out to the left, I want, I want to say. So tense. <laughs> they got a little nervous on that one where something could have happened. They just got a little lucky on that. Um, but that will maybe lead us to the 41st where Pepe for, uh, for Dallas gets, gets a goal. Um, it was, you know, nice cross and he was dragging. He had a foot or two on Metinera and Metinera was, I think, just trying to catch up, but he knew he was beat. So he just drove him with him, went down and kind of slid it in. So um, we end there two to one at halftime, but uh, pretty solid. I mean, it was a pretty good start for a first yeah, half. Yeah. I mean, and I think after that second goal is when like, you know, like, Dallas was like, all right, we need to be able to create offense. And, like, if anyone has owned Minnesota, it's always been Barrios, whoever's playing on that side. And I think Barrios was the one that was trying to find Pepe on those couple of crosses. Yeah, I think you're right. And I yep. think uh, Pepe was close on one of those crosses. And, I mean, it, it was pretty understandable that Dallas wanted to run at Metanier with Pepe and his speed, trying to figure out who was going to win, who was going to be able to do that. Um, and that was back and forth. Like those yep. guys were battling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the I think Chase got just like clear foot races in this game was nuts. Yeah, right. And I think that was what they were trying to do. Like Dallas was trying to make sure. And I think Barrios, remember from last year, Barrios owning Dotson on the left left hand side, <laughs> right? Yep. And I think in this time, you know, Chase did a much better job, but he still got beat a bunch a couple times with Barrios. And I think like. That that is that is one of those things that needs to happen. Like I mean, um, the the tracking of those of those second post runs are, are, are essential. And I think if if Ike was there, I think that'd be less of a worry. But uh, when you're when you're forcing, when you're in you when you're not forcing, but when your your halfbacks or your uh, your left and your right back are becoming part more part of the offense, it really exposed for the for the fatigue aspect of it specifically if you're making them make those recovery runs word uh in the second half let's jump to it um how about how about aha from downtown like midfield he basically just hits the blast <laughs> and amazingly like i'm sure the keeper would have got it but it, it kind of touches the uh the top crossbar and, and slides out but for a moment there it almost looked like is this yeah, thing gonna yeah. go in yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, let's go to the PK. Uh, 68th minute, Mittenair gets taken down in the box. It's pretty clear. Uh, Molino puts it in, gets his brace. Three to one, Minnesota. Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Um, I put a note in here somewhere in the 70th. Molino's starting to get tired. This is for you, Rodrigo. Hashtag free Chacon. Doesn't happen, but would have been cool to see. Uh, Hayes comes in for Bebelo. Uh, 77th minute, Mosquera gets his. And I think this might have might start with Barrios as well. I, I can't remember. Does anybody remember I the second so. Dallas goal? Go ahead. Yeah, I think it was Barrios again. 
um, corner. How does it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just I'm trying to re- re- remember here. Uh, I think it was it was Bresson and then Andres Ricarte. That was on that. It was that was a build up to the to the Santiago Mosquera goal, but. I yeah, it, overall, it gets bobbled all over the place, yeah, right? Like the corner it, yeah, one, gets yeah. bobbled. So, I mean, here's the thing, right? Our defense flat, I feel bent, but they didn't break. And so a 3-2 uh, win um, is not bad. You know, I mean, you don't want to, like, you know. But at the same time, there's always things to improve. And I think the I think the more the players get comfortable with everybody else who's on the field, the, the better it will be. But here's the thing that I've been asking for is I want to see – pairings of offensive threats so like we've seen bebelo and molino right and we know what loot i think loot is just one of those integral parts that will always be there so i like to see a bebelo chacon and then maybe like a bebelo dotson in a sense and just trying to figure out you know what in bebelo edwards just see which which of these quick combinations is going to work and how are they going to work together i like the fact that we're we're looking for those triangle one-touch passes in this game. We're doing that a lot. Yep. I, I really like that. I, I think, um, you know, this time, whenever we've had 50% possession, usually is never a good sign for us. But now we have a person who, shall we say, when controls and possesses the ball, it's, 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 it's a positive thing, right? When we put now, and I think in this game, when we controlled and possessed the ball, it was for positive gains, right? It wasn't just to, like, ping back the goalie, ping back the ball back to the goalie, yeah. then ping back to our right back and then back and forth. What kind of thing is we're just trying to to create, move forward by going backwards, which I, which I think is, 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 a, is a good thing. And we'll see where that leads to, specifically against SKC, right, and what happens in that sense. I mean, it works if you're Barcelona circa 2008. <laughs> it's a little more complicated for Minnesota United 2020. Yeah. Well, well I'll take Barcelona. Is- 2008 then barcelona 2019 well yeah yikes (laughs) the interesting thing was with this match i think it's the first one this season and maybe second half of last season where minnesota is actually ahead in like every stat in possession in corners and fouls and um passing accuracy and passes total uh Typically, with you know a game that Minnesota wins three two, um, it's luck and some crazy gritty play uh, where they have thirty five or forty percent possession and somehow make it happen, or you know sixty percent possession and manage to not look like they've held the ball the entire game. Uh, so for the first time on paper, it was actually. Uh, it was actually Minnesota's game and also on the field. And I think it's just interesting to see how those things are finally clicking just with, you know, a true number 10 and a couple of other players who are able to link up and make things work in the midfield. Well said. Uh, it did get stressful and let's get there. Cause it, <laughs> I was sweating like the last 10 <laughs> minutes. Um, so the first couple of things, one, one thing I want to mention is AHA does this, it's a running jump back mount. It's like a BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu <laughs> MMA takedown. And I mean, he, he lands, he rolls him over just like we do. And he go, he could have gone into a seatbelt, could have gone for the rear naked. He, he could have put the choke on the guy. He gets a yellow. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, dude's out here doing MMA and he gets a yellow, yep. um, which 
which then leads to Metinier doing his slide tackle. And I mean, yes, they both come for the ball. His studs are up. It didn't look as bad to me. I definitely would have said a yellow card. He gets a red. Okay, so, so you're giving him the red card for, I don't know, medium-level damage, medium-level threat. Ah, literally did a back mount takedown, and you gave him a yellow? <laughs> you know, is, is, is this going to turn into the uh, uh, Sergio Ramos, just like Uchimata over the shoulder? <laughs> that, I mean, that's the direction. I, I, I don't understand. As yep. We don't have referees here. It just it, That's what blew my mind. I'm sorry. This is me. Yeah, but, no, oh. the, the inconsistency there was ridiculous. And I, in my mentions, um, heard – Heard some flack from people who, when I argued that it wasn't a red, said that I had never seen a rule book and just didn't understand the game. And uh, it on. was it was hilarious because, <laughs> of course, the studs are up, the ball bounces. He's going to lift his foot and go for it. He, yeah. they, they both come in with studs up. I mean, you can't yep. not when you're sliding in somewhere on your back. That's kind of the direction that they're going to point. And... To, for that to have happened just minutes after the aha yellow. Thank you. It was just, yeah, it was absurd. I can understand why the club has decided not to appeal it because it, you know, would probably do more damage than good when you could just play a game without them and be, be done with the issue. Um, but yeah, the whole thing was just absurd. It was absurd. Um, so man down, 10 minutes to go. We get our Dibasi debut, comes in from Molino. So it's just full bunker. And, man, it was, it was rough because, I mean, as expected, the ball was basically going to be in Minnesota's half for that entire time, and it was. And there were a has few Minnesota shots, there were a ever, couple crosses. Go ahead. Have we ever survived, like, 10-plus minutes in a park-the-bus situation? I feel like we've always a, given up at least one or yeah. two goals in that in that position. But well, depends. Is that, That's a great question. Is that pre-Calbo or after Calbo? <laughs> Ugh, ouch. Well, I can, I can think of a few back at the Nessie, so <laughs> but Calbo yeah. certainly didn't help. I, I, I put a note in here, DSC saving machine. I mean, he was busy, busy, busy. Um, so good on him to kind of take the responsibility and um, – just just keep them in the game, basically. They pull it off. So good on them. Uh, 3-2 final score. It sucks that now we know Amaria, no Finley, no Ozzy, and now no Metanier for tomorrow. Um, could be a little rough, but... Um, a little? I don't know. There's momentum. <laughs> well, but SKC, I mean, please. I'm sure SKC's not going to be playing with a full squad either, right? Please, please don't let me travel abroad with you. <laughs> a little rough. <laughs> You're going to be like, we're, we're traveling in Brazil. It's just around the corner three days later. <laughs> that three days later, we're finally <laughs> get to our destination. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little rough. That's pretty it's, accurate. It's just a little dangerous. There's only a whole just army a little standing dangerous. on the other side of the street. I mean, I mean like, you can yeah, see you Dotson know. playing left, but I don't know. Pulido scares me in a sense when he's That's, with his movement. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like if you're going to put – if you put Dotson on the left – Okay, and then who do you put in the midfield? I mean, it opens up opportunities for Chacon for sure, but do do I think this be the best game for Chacon to be put into? Probably not. I mean, you're 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 away, 
your way uh, against playing someone who's probably what the top one, two or top team in the West, right? Either one of yeah. those. How long has it been since Minnesota has, has won it at Kansas City? We're, we, I, like I think never. we have to go into NASL. I don't, NASL. Think, I don't, I don't think, think we've never. ever won in Kansas. No, I don't think we've ever won in Kansas uh, City. I, I think I think NASL days, maybe, like maybe during an Open Cup match. Mm-hmm. We're gonna but have to check on that. But you're right. MLS and yeah, if, and, yeah, if we ever did, yeah, it was one of those early Open Cup lead-up games. But yeah, I mean, right. Polito was. <laughs> He had Metinair in his pocket last game. Right. So if if Metinair and Polito, I mean, I he's really the biggest threat. I think otherwise, otherwise they're manageable. Polito is too um, what's the word? Eat, Chaotic. Yeah. Exactly. Seems to be. You theme. don't really know. You don't really know what to expect from him, right. other than. The unexpected. How do you prepare for him, especially when you don't have somebody who's dealt with him before? I mean, right. you would want Metinair up there again because he has just yeah. faced him two weeks right. ago. And then you have to deal with Russell making those That's, overlap runs. Yeah, that's, too. that's the other thing too that scares me. And I mean, I'm I, I've loved um, uh, their 18-year-old center midfielder. Uh, and I think the more time he gets playing, Debusio, I think is one of my one of my up and coming talents. Like I've, I've been following him since I learned his story. He's a great kid. Um, and, and I think he's finally getting that playing time of like, you know, developing time and be able to do that. So that's the other thing. Those, those three people are the ones that, that scare me. SKC defense is like not the greatest, not that's the worst, depending, depending on, on what kind of mood they're in. But <laughs> do but you all think we can field. sneak out a tie? Cause I would be yeah. thrilled with a tie. Like if this goes one, one awesome. Yeah. And who knows what it will be? I mean, you know. And the other thing too is that Bebelo's been taking shots too. I think the Dallas game we had he had at least two shots and like one of yeah. them was almost on frame. So like if they're gonna give him and Gregor space to space to shoot, I'm hoping we score something. Another another uh yeah. Dotson sign- signature banger would be would be nice to <laughs> nice to watch against Bangers SPC, only. I didn't mention this, but that this is gonna be tomorrow, it'll be Number one versus number two in the West, in fact, which is yeah. pretty cool. Well, we'll see how that goes. Um, I don't want to go into all these scores and whatnot. LAFC loses again, so they're really down in the dumps. But uh, Rodrigo, uh, Seattle Sounders 7-1 over San Jose. Three Diaz goals, buddy. That was such a fun game Monica, to those, watch. That's, was, there were so many goals. It was 5-0 at half. Is that right? Is that Yeah. yeah. Like, I think there was a goal every 10 minutes. And I think that was oh. one of the things that was like – like I was, I, was, I was not happy that Miguel didn't get a chance to score a goal. But unfortunately, every time Miguel has gotten a chance to score a goal, he's like 0 for 6, I think. Yeah. He's gotten like a scoring chance. And so like, you know, it's not the Bananas. best. Bananas. But no, I mean, Seattle is scary. I think – I think Minnesota has extremely exposed how to how to how to beat this networking <laughs> system, and um, I mean I think one of my favorite plays is like Jordan Morris gets the ball in the middle of the field and that's a oop de oop wrap around and then literally just puts on the bird. That was the first goal. That was like the the third yeah. minute. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those things. Was like, you know, it was one of those things where just people just kept getting beat and like, yeah, and I don't know. Like I like Almeida, but I don't know 
how much longer he 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 will last if this is the same thing as going. I mean, right now San Jose is the at the yeah. bottom of the West. My 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 playoff dream is for us to finish third and they finish last. So I think it's six, right? Or if they make it, they, we end yeah. up playing San Jose anyways. I I just like to play San Jose in the playoffs because we know we can beat them. Like regardless of who we regardless of who we show up, right? And I think that's the thing. Like that would be great to get a get one more win to the playoffs, but like that's the thing. I don't. I don't know where we are, and uh, I, you know, San Jose needs to figure things out as much as LAC. Now, whose whose dog would you rather be, in Almeida's or Bob Bradley's? That's the only thing I want to know. Uh, I, uh, I'd say not Bob. I, I would not want to be under Bob. No. Not yeah, no. not Bradley. Um, it, um, it is funny ahead, how Al- Alameda just is totally resistant to making any change that might be beneficial to to the squad. His system obviously isn't working for them, but he refuses to do anything other than the man marking and doesn't really make many changes to his lineups either, regardless of performance each week. It's it's like he's starting with a clean slate every single week. Yeah, and Minnesota Jackson didn't even get to play. No. So Mm. that was like the other thing that that was like, and he didn't make changes until like 10 minutes into the half. He literally was like a... Injury or just rotation? I don't know. I, I mean, know. I, you figured if yeah, you're getting I, your butt kicked, five nothing at half, you I, need to I have like a big. Not to, I decided not to watch it, and then I kept getting score alerts on my phone. I'm like, how, <laughs> bing, bing, did, bing, bing. Did the last hour just fly by or what? Nope, they've been playing like they played 20 minutes. So then I'm expecting just a mass sub and for him to replace, you know, two or three guys before halftime and. Not a single change. They just wow. kept going out there, and I don't get it. And when they did change, yeah. you know, they, they were able to get that soft penalty that never existed. But, <laughs> um, but regardless, Yay, right? Goal. I mean, Wando, Wando gets to score, and who knows if Wando will keep on playing? But like overall, yeah. I mean, like Seattle looks scary, and Portland. Let- even the Portland just beat him, and Portland doesn't have Blanco. I mean, that's. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. So, for real, I was just going to mention we got phase two in here as well. For you mentioned getting to the playoffs. So, uh, Saturday the nineteenth, they play the Dynamo seven. Wednesday the twenty third at six thirty, Columbus Crew. That'll be an interesting at Columbus. Uh, and then Sunday the twenty seventh, uh, RSL one more time. That will be here in the Twin Cities in St. Paul. Closed doors again. Again, right decision. I'm glad they're. They're doing that. I think there's still a few places that are allowing some fans, so it's good. Um, let me get through these quickly here. We've got lots of NWSL moves to Europe. Uh, Heath and Press to Manchester United, the big one that's been blowing up all over the place today. Alex Morgan to uh, Spurs. Um, how do, I don't know. How do you guys feel about, like, all the, the – uh, women's national team superstars, like, make, making these moves. I, I mean, in, in one sense, it's probably – it's good for them, obviously, for their for their paydays and uh, getting the exposure there in Europe. Does it feed back, and will it, be, will it be good for the NWSL too, or is it just, like, complete loss? I, I don't know. I think that's a, that's a good question. Like, I think I'm happy for, like, all the, all the national team players being able to, to move because then the NWSL becomes more of a – of, of I don't want to say local, but like you know, other players get a chance to be able to shine and come through, and I think that's that's going to be interesting. But like at the same time, like 
I feel for the Australian league and I feel for uh, for the NWSL because they're losing players to 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 the European league, um, and I think that's going to be positive for the European league. But uh, overall, like clubs are investing money, right? Like why can't why can't the NWSL <laughs> become a partnership, right? Like like the way it's built out everywhere else is right. Like if you have Minnesota United has a team and there's an and there's a there's a women's team right behind it, right? I mean, there isn't any of that, and I think that's one of the things that frustrates me the most. I think it's going to be um, good for NWSL personally. Yeah, I think I think it elevates um, women's soccer just generally. Yeah, if we can export American talent, then that says a lot for the talent that's also coming out of out of the U.S. Um, and I mean, we, we say that about MLS, everyone wants it to become a league that, that can sell players and, and move them up. Uh, we see El Moron going to EPL, we've seen Alfonso Davies, all these players who, uh, you know, the, the talented young players from the U.S. getting a chance to move up after starting in MLS. So I, I think it's the same goes the same way for NWSL, of course. And, and so of, much earlier too, right? Yeah, that, definitely. Like... Yep. And it might hurt visibility for a short period. You have people who aren't as familiar with the league tuning in because they've been watching uh, the national games. They, everyone recognizes Tobin Heath. Everyone recognizes Rose Lavelle, all these big names that you know, mainstream media has been talking about since winning the World Cup. And suddenly right. they're, they're not here and you can't just flip on the TV and watch a women's match in Premier League. Um, but maybe that'll happen now. Maybe we'll start to see a little bit of growth right. with that CBS might say, hey, let's, yes. yeah, let's cover women's let's so. arsenal and, and women's Man City. Um, well, and they and they are yeah. going to be showing those whatever it is four or five regular the, yeah the fall CBS, series NWSL yep. exactly yeah so yep. Hey, that's a good point no, right no you you all made really great points I think so too is just that um, I I, I want to be able to to watch the game grow and I think that's that's extremely a, a great approach to do that I think also too I think a lot of these contracts also are like dual seasons right like. They yeah. play for the European League and then come back to NWSL. So I think that's, I think that's that that's that's what makes it hopeful. Like get the exposure, get get the thing, and then come back into the league. And so I think that's yeah. that's also kind of like the partnership that Australia had with the United States because the Australian yeah. influx came to NWSL because it was during their off season. So yeah, I mean the women's leagues and the premier premiership have struggled as well. Um, they're kind of in the same boat as the NWSL in terms of um, the attention that's given to the men versus the women. So to see them spending the money and bringing these players in uh, is a huge benefit to them. And any benefit to a women's league benefits every women's league. Well said. Uh, I'm going to burn through some international stuff really quick. I don't want to spend a lot of time on UEFA Nations. Belgium get a big win. France, Portugal win again. Uh, the best thing about this whole thing was people were freaking out about Cristiano Ronaldo getting the 100th international goal. First time ever. And people were very quick to say, for a man. 
and they immediately jumped on and mentioned Christine Sinclair, who has more goals than the top three men internationals. It's, it's Ronaldo, and I can't remember all the other ones, but you put them together. She has like 130-something. I can't remember. But it, yeah. it was just cool to see tw Twitter just be like, dot, 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 you're going to finish that, right? <laughs> so good on you, tweeters. Christine Sinclair. I love this one so much, and, and I just want to – it's so fun. Serie Let's end with that and, one, then. Yeah. Brasileiro, you've got these two very obscure teams, Paraná, G Paraná, Nacional, América. Um, two goals scored by, and it would be pronounced in Portuguese as Wachimen, and the other guy that scores for their team is called Jackie Chan, which – that's his nickname is the because Jackie Chan. But, because, of course – but Watchmen, like obviously became King Marco Watchmen, who watches the Watchmen, just like the Watchmen comic and show. That's his real name, you guys. His real baptized name is Watchmen. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. We get in there. Atlético Mineiro had some fun stuff, or not good stuff, I suppose, with the uh, banners. But, you know, we've seen this before where they come down on, on – radical supporters putting stuff up i'm sure uh that will be taken care of and they'll get that worked up but uh bring your antifa banners we love antifa banners and hopefully see more in in uh in cbf in brasileiro and elsewhere as well and yeah we got epl stuff to talk about next week i know it's late so let's get out of here rodrigo bridget sheila obrigado thank you listeners um we do have a patreon i always forget to mention it so i'm gonna put it in there patreon.com backslash minnesota football show we are actually uploading more episodes i believe rodrigo you know more of this than i do uh if, if you do want to contribute listeners that will help us uh have a larger archive that you can select from on itunes um i'm trying to get pablo to send out more little uh grants and content things there if anybody else wants to contribute content we can throw it up as well um hop clouds and i are working on some beer there will be a minnesota football show beer it, it will Ooh. either come from my Frontenac grapes, if I have enough for this harvest, they're just starting to turn right now, especially because the temperature dropped so much. I also have a, uh, a freezer full of my neighbor's plums that I've already pitted. I have a gallon and a half of my wine going. And I, and I showed oh, Christian all that. He's like, yeah, he's like, whoa, that's a lot of plums. I'm like, hey, man, if you want to do hey. plum beer instead, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I'm salivating. I'm salivating. We yeah. should just sell your wine. I, seriously, that's the thing of the best yeah. way. So, you know, any of these things are options. Yeah. If, if you, if you sign up, if you, if you want some, uh, Silva vinho, vinho daqui do, do Silva, I will, if you're a $10 a month supporter, you'll get some wine. How about that? And then we'll see what, uh, what Christian decides. That's right. All right. Well, great seeing everybody. Bye. Thank you all. Yeah. Talk to you all later. <laughs> Ciao. Bye.